Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. The world may have slowed down, but it didn't stop. If you're back on the road and traveling to Missoula, we invite you to give Missoula's Wingate a try. We love our regular corporate guests and offer fantastic service, great year-round rates, and clean and comfortable rooms that will keep you coming back. While you're here, you can rack up the Wyndham Rewards points for free nights or airline miles. And starting in July, you can release some steam in our newly expanded fitness room. The team at Missoula's Wingate would love to make you feel at home in Missoula Sports Center. The Grizzlies and the Bobcats shared simultaneous weeks off that saw playoff opponents become solidified and a slew of awards won over the holiday weekend. Hello, I am Coulter Nuanez. Montana's 29-10 win over Montana State secured the number six seed in the FCS playoffs for the Grizz. UM takes a four-game winning streak into its division-best 25th playoff appearance. Montana will host fourth-ranked Eastern Washington Friday night in Missoula after the Eagles posted a 19-9 win over Northern Iowa in the first round on Saturday. Despite the rivalry loss, Montana State takes the number eight seed into the playoffs. The Bobcats will take on an upstart Tennessee Martin squad of the Ohio Valley that forced six turnovers to spring an upset of Missouri State 32-31. The Skyhawks are in their second ever playoff appearance. Montana and Montana State's football teams were each well recognized with the release of the Big Sky Conference's year-end awards and all-league squads. Montana State senior linebacker Troy Anderson was named the league's defensive player of the year. Montana cornerback Justin Ford was named the league's newcomer of the year after transferring to UM from Louisville last offseason. Other Grizz that received first-team All-Big Sky accolades include linebacker Patrick O'Connell, safety Robbie Howe, kick returner Malik Flowers, punter Brian Buschini, and special teams ace Trevin Gradney. Other first-team Bobcats included running back Isaiah Afonso, wide receiver Lance McCutcheon, offensive lineman Lewis Kidd, defensive tackle Chase Benson, and defensive end Daniel Hardy. This ESPN Missoula Sports Center is brought to you by Selway Armory. I want to show all of my
Throw it away back for a little chameleon air here for you on a Tuesday. Thanks, my brother, for the song suggestions. It's always good to have multiple ideas when we're making the playlist. One of my favorite parts about this show here, Nuana's now. Welcome back in. Hope you're having an outstanding start to your week. Thanks so much for kicking it with us. We're coming to you from the Northwest Motorsports Studios. Northwest Motorsport, new to Missoula, new to Montana, but they do boast the largest inventory of trucks anywhere in the Pacific Northwest. So you can go check out that inventory online at nwmsrocks.com. That's nwmsrocks.com. For amazing winter savings, check out Northwest Motorsport. Missed anything in the first hour of the show? A lot of high school stuff to catch up on. That's the only downside. Well, I guess there's a lot of downsides because I miss you guys when I'm gone. I took most of last week off, so we didn't get to do the full coverage layout of all the state championship stuff. So we had some great guests, both Bryce Carver, the head coach of the Hamilton High Bronx, who won the Class A state football title, and Pat Duchesne Jr., the quarterback for the Florence Falcons, the Class B state champions. They each joined us. Also gave you a full rundown on our Treasure State stars of each and every team and athlete that won state championships during the fall sports season. And also gave you a little update on Division One hoops here in the state, crazy to think. But uh, first time we had an overlap between football and basketball in years. So I was a little late on catching up with everything. But both Montana, Montana State men's and women are both into their uh, seasons. And they both, they all four open up Big Sky Conference play on Thursday. So look forward to having all four head coaches on the show here uh, tomorrow. You can find everything from today's first hour on the Nuanas Now podcast, which is proudly presented by Blackfoot Communications, the Wingate by Wyndham Hotel, and Sports Bet Montana. Because of Tuesday, that means it's time for the business angle with my good friend Justin Angle. He's in studio with us here on Nuanas now. Thanks for being here, man. How you doing? I'm doing well. Uh, I was scrambling to get here. It's my daughter's 10th birthday. Oh, happy birthday. Indeed. Happy birthday, Charlotte. And I was uh, trying to sneak in a little trip to uh, the store to get her some basketball shoes. Mm. She starts practice tonight. Nice. And I uh, got her some LeBron witness something. Okay, okay. And, uh, anyway, yeah. So coming up South Reserve to get here is a little bit different proposition than my normal commute from campus. Did you uh, did you follow at all this fight LeBron James got, got into? I saw that. It, it was a little yeah. bit interesting because... It's th- this is what this is how our conversations have transformed my mind because I think of LeBron not only as this premier athlete but also as this like entity. He's a brand. He's a brand, right. and right. and it's just so striking because he gets into controversy just because sports fans are crazy and they either love him or hate him or villainize him or yeah. whatever. But from an actual brand management perspective, he's been almost flawless for almost twenty years. Right. So then when you hear that LeBron got into a scuffle and this other guy's bleeding and you know. It's it's a little bit taken aback a little bit because you're just not used to that from LeBron. It's a little off brand, and then I don't know if this commentary was before or after, but I you know I heard some stories about these you know these whatever these talking heads yelling at each other on TV. Sure, one of them said like maybe it was Stephen A. Smith saying LeBron isn't feared or something like that. And, you know, maybe <laughs> LeBron hears that and throws a couple haymakers to uh, change the narrative, or you know who knows when these things happen. We lose the plot a little bit, but you're right. Like that's that's certainly an off-brand action, and uh, you know who knows if it was calculated. It's hard to know. This stuff seems pretty choreographed at times. Uh, that's true too. Uh, we have not caught up since. Uh, the rivalry football game descended upon the Montana campus. I'll tell you this, as somebody that's been to 20-plus of these, this was among, if not the most electric, I've heard that stadium in quite some time. The energy was almost palpable. I think when you add in some angst 
and some borderline hate, it goes a long ways. Yep. I think that gr- the the vast majority of Grizz followers and fans had uh, had not really ever experienced a long extended period of Montana State being able to gloat. Mm-hmm. Five years is a long time, and so I think the Grizz fans brought it big time. And uh, so then the pendulum swings the other way. Bobby Houck's team gets a 29-10 to 10 victory. But uh, that then leads us into the Grizz are in a home playoff game. That's right. And we talk about the economic impacts of these things quite a bit. But first, let's start with this. From from a higher education and a business perspective, more than even just the the bragging rights that come with a rivalry win, that's a big win for Montana, right? Absolutely. I mean, it's it's a win just in terms of brand awareness for sure institution it gets us on on tv another weekend in front of more people uh there's fewer teams to pay attention to all of these things sort of fall away and and the biggest thing is that the team is a winner and people are excited about that and like you you felt this at various moments over the last several years there's these moments where the narrative about the institution could change sure and you know it felt like that um potential was maybe being realized during the Cat Grizz game. Like people were, I, th- I sense the community needs that. You could yep. feel it in the crowd. You could feel it downtown. You could feel it. I could feel it in class on Monday. Sure. Like I normally ask students, you know, on Monday, like, Hey, any good stories from the weekend? And they're, they're usually pretty reticent to share. And, sure. and you know, they were, they were very effusive. Like the game was awesome and we had a great time. And you get a group of freshmen in my class as freshmen experiencing that. And there's got great spillover effects as far as how people feel about the institution how they feel about the community all these sorts of things now you got to keep it going for sure right you know you got to sort of keep digging your way out of the hole or however you, whatever metaphor you want to use but um yeah hopefully we'll see the the experience of division one athletics too is was always an entry point uh before you then to, to to create a passionate fan you first have to have just a casual fan right and i've always thought this was for better or worse the rivalry game is that entry point. So often there's so many people that have no idea what happened with either the Bobcats or the Grizzlies whatsoever throughout the course of a season or throughout the course of several seasons. All they know is that. Like if you were to do a man on the street walking around all over the place, you probably probably couldn't find hardly anybody that could tell you what the score of the Grizz versus Southern Utah was this year. But you could ask them, hey, when's the last time the Bobcats beat the Grizz? They say, oh, it's been three or four or five years. Like They would at least know broadly about that. And so I do think just from an entry point standpoint, it can be impactful as well. Yeah, oftentimes games like this, you know, they're bigger than football. They're sort no of question. a substrate for people to gather and for people to just sort of have an excuse to renew relationships. Totally. And sometimes relationships that have a little edge to them or something that people can jar about, you know, it just gives people that, that excuse to congregate, whether it's around a television, around a radio, or actually at the stadium, yep. and just relive old times, be reminiscent, and you know maybe have a little edge about the conversation, and the game gives them kind of a, a nice uh, through line to, to, to reactivate those old associations. Well, and the, the reunion element of it is the part that I love. I love the cultural event, and I also love the historical yeah. aspect of it, how much people remember. I mean, it's like Jeff Cho, the old Montana State coach, used to say, you make a play in this game, you're going to be remembered forever. doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Who you are. Like, I remember Cruz Seawing. He's a kid from Seiko, Montana, population 150. He caught a touchdown in the game back in 2012. I'll remember Cruz Seawing forever. I don't think he ever scored another touchdown besides that, but that was it. You know, like his 
picture is in the only two bars in Seiko, Montana for life, you know? It's like that, Leon Ladd on Thanksgiving, <laughs> right? Like, he makes that infamous bonehead play. And right. Everybody's watching that game because it's the only game to watch. Yeah, and, a, yeah, he's he's infamous. That's exactly right. I, I always love, too, this, the way that we can stack up the reunions. Like last week, or I guess the week of that rivalry game, you know, I got an all-time great Bobcat on the show. My phone's blowing up. All the Grizz people, why you got this guy? Well, I said, just wait a minute. You know, Dylan McFarlane's coming up next. All-time great yeah. Grizz is coming up next. And just the back and forth is super fun. It is the business angle. My good friend Justin Angle in studio. It's presented by Blackfoot Communications. Thanks to Blackfoot for all their support of all of our endeavors. We got all sorts of stuff going. And Blackfoot is such a key element to making it happen. It's so fun working with them and all their belief in all of our podcasting and stuff. So before we get into some of this uh, playoff conversation and the economic impact they can have, you have several podcasts, mainly the uh, the New Angle podcast. You got a couple new guests, new episodes coming out. So tell people a little bit about it. Yeah. So this week um, we have an episode with my good friend Bryce Ward, an economist here in town, okay. and one of my colleagues and dear friends at the University of Montana, Sarah Rinfrey, is a political scientist. She also runs our public administration program. We decided it was time to maybe try to cancel ourselves and talk about culture wars. Um, you know, why are they so captivating? Why do they disrupt the news cycle? Why do they get people so inflamed and, and, and really distracted from issues that, that um, really affect lives in meaningful ways? So there's there, that was an interesting conversation that comes out this Thursday on the podcast and also on Montana Public Radio in the evening. And then the following week, I was supposed to do this interview today. Uh, it fell through. Oh, Hopefully, get it rescheduled later in the week. But one of my heroes, Rick Ridgway, um, first he was part of the, the first uh, Amer- team of Americans to climb K2 in 1978. Prolific alpinist, adventurer, author, a- uh, activist. Um, you know, you and some some folks in the audience might know. I, I have this affiliation with Patagonia, sponsored me for running for many years, and. Um, you know, now I do field testing for them. Rick was a key member of Patagonia for many, many years and um, was a lot of the, the brain power behind the Don't Buy This Jacket campaign mm. that was in the New York Times and got a lot of attention. Um, so I was really looking forward to talking to Rick. He'll be in Bozeman on the 16th of December for a, a book promotion event. He has a new book out and uh, hopefully we'll get him on the pod before then to promote the event and, and learn more about him. Um, it'd be worth a trip over to Bozeman if you're interested in, in alpinism in any way. I know it, it might not be, it might be a little outside the wheelhouse of sure. the average uh, team sports fan, but um, it's cool stuff. He's done amazing work. A New Angle podcast available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. That like this, the business angle proudly presented by Blackfoot Communications. The Grizz host Eastern Washington Friday night, a FCS playoff game under the lights on ESPN. Sounds like about as good as you can do as far as uh, branding, economic impact, influence on the university, all of it. But what do you think about about this from a community perspective? Because uh, since the last time Montana hosted a playoff game, uh, particularly one against a familiar opponent like this, not on a Thanksgiving weekend, Missoula has changed quite a bit. Indeed, it has. I mean, <laughs> think of the downtown sector. We've got these oh, new man. fancy hotels, restaurants. It is a different vibe and a different feel down there. Um, it's like going to a different world, man. It is a little bit. And, you know, think of there's some folks in the community that like that. I mean, I, for one, like, I like that 
the, and you know, Mayor Engen said this during the, the uh, whatever, the ribbon cutting, when the Merc reopened, it was like, well, it's nice to see this building alive. So I agree that it's better than a vacant old Macy's building. Sure. Um, you know, and, and, but people have various opinions about sort of the style of development. We, I, I think we'll leave aside the sort of proposed development of the chaos <laughs> associated with that. Oh, buddy. Group. Um, although if you want to talk about that, that's fine. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, the town has a different vibe. I think they're, you know, these these new institutions or establishments are, are more expensive um, by design. And you've got, like, more demand for lodging and restaurants in Missoula and in mountain towns around the country with COVID effects. So, you know... What was it? 2016, the Bureau of Business and Economic Research estimated that the value of a game, a home game, is about 2.5 million in terms of the 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 the, the additional income to the community. Sure. Right outside of the university effects. So I think that number is probably bigger than it was back in 2016. I mean, just because of well, inflation is one factor, obviously. Yeah. But also. You know, there's more hotel space. The restaurants and the hotels are fancier. They charge higher prices. Uh, maybe it's a little bit more affluent clientele coming to t- coming to town for the games. Um, the game itself is more expensive. We were talking that, about that before we came on air today. So a constellation of factors come together to make me think that 2.5 million numbers is actually quite light of an estimate. You know, I'd, I'd probably say it's probably closer to three now, back of the envelope estimate. Um, but we'll see. I mean, we'll see if they can, uh, how many people they can get to town to watch the game. That's an open question, right? Absolutely. And, uh, you know, I've been tracking this. We were talking about this over the weekend. Will they sell out? And the initial knee-jerk was to say, well, of course, it is a conference opponent. Um, <laughs> I'm gun-shy to call it rivalry now because uh, Bobby Houck chastised me yesterday at the press conference. If you want to see it, it's kind of at sportsmt.com. It's, nothing, it, it's all good fun. But uh, I asked Omar Hicks Anu, a senior cornerback for the Grizz, I said, hey, Omar, you had a big rivalry win the last time out, and now you have another rival coming to town. Bobby Houck stopped me. He said, stop right there. We have one rival. It is Montana State. Yeah. I said, okay, yeah, I accept that. I, that's that's <laughs> perfectly acceptable. But you know, there there's a there's, there's a certain familiarity to Eastern Washington. Not only is it only about three hour drive from here, they are traditional Big Sky opponent. But more than anything, I think that it makes it a rivalry because in the thirty six years of Washington Grizzly Stadium, only two teams have won here five times or more. Montana State exactly five times. Eastern Washington six times. Mm. Grizz people, Grizz fans have seen. Eastern win in Missoula more than any other team. So I think that ignites some passion as well. All that said, though, early returns here early in the week are that ticket sales are going okay, but that they're going to have to do quite a bit of work to get to that sellout. So it's kind of, on one hand, you love the regionalization of it, but one of the biggest issues here is that it has nothing to do with Montana and their ticket sales has to do with Eastern Washington. Yeah. Eastern Wa- can't draw. Eastern Washington hosted a playoff game last weekend. They had 3,845 people at this game. Gosh. That's, that's like unbelievable. A, that's like a bad high school game. That's what I'm saying. Like, there was twice that many people at the Sentinel High School football game in Missoula. Yeah. Probably more. I, I, I think it's very... Eastern is... Eastern is the dystopian example of, of Division One athletics. I mean, maybe it's just people can't stand looking at that red field. <laughs> maybe, maybe it is. Uh, but I, I just I think it's I, I think Eastern is such an interesting analysis because they have had a ton of success. Mm-hmm. 
And that success has hardly translated into yeah. fans. And it's hardly translated into revenue production. Yeah, and I can't speak to you know the the customer experience sure. at Eastern. You've been to games out there. Um, you know, all things aside, with the Red Field, that's a little weird. Sure. But it's part of a customer experience, yep. and so it is. You know, there are teams that are able to create, in spite of their record, this kind of interest. Um, and, you know, you see this in the in the big in the bigger programs, the Texases, the Michigans. I mean, people are so passionate about Michigan football. Oh, I mean, until last weekend, they hadn't really won much of anything for quite a while. Um, so yeah, th- those are brands that people want to buy into. University of Montana historically has been a brand people want to buy into, and, and that you know has to, you know there has to be sort of a minimum standard sustained. Um, and the, the Cat result a couple of weeks ago is a, is a great step towards sustaining that. And hopefully the team can sort of capitalize on that and move forward and build upon the brand establishment. I find it very – I think that this you're, – you're a marketing guy. And I think that for some reason there became this disconnect over the importance of marketing. People understand the importance of content mm-hmm. more than ever, but some somewhere along the line – maybe a, a, a deprioritization over marketing in certain levels, or I guess it's just a change in it. I guess what I'm getting at is I think Montana State has done such a good job marketing of pretty much every element of their university across mm-hmm. the board since Wadad Cruzado took over, specifically over the last 10 years. And I never and Eastern Washington's a much better opponent than Tennessee Martin, a much more familiar opponent, yet early returns are that the Bobcats are, are approaching a sellout. Granted, about... 9,000 less seats at Bobcat Stadium than there is at University of Montana. Right. But I also think that it's very interesting that just a couple couple hundred miles over the over the hill, I don't know how much of it is marketing, how much of it is exposure, how much of it is a hot product, how much of it is the town. I mean, there's a lot of different things that go into it, right? Yeah, I mean, I think at this stage of the game, it's it's really hard to sort of draw a connection between any, any marketing activity designed to get people to this particular game. I mean, I think that attendance for specific events draws over time. Yeah. It's all part of how excited people are about the brand and how they can orient their life around interacting with that brand. Yeah. Um, You know, Montana State has been a a better football team for a while, and I think it's been sort of uh, the university as a whole has been a a winning brand that people want to buy into. So Mm -hmm. maybe people orient their life around it. Maybe they depend on that. We've talked about the value of these playoff games and how for years and years and years they were sort of built into the budgets of businesses in town and the athletic department just because it was an expectation that Montana would go deep into the playoffs. Montana State has had that expectation. What have they made it to the semifinals last year? So, you know, maybe they're riding some of that, and Montana needs to rebuild that expectation that they will make deep playoff runs year in, year out. This is a conversation to be continued. I know we kind of got off track because uh, we had the week off, so maybe next week maybe come by. Yeah. Justin Angle, the business angle. We have other stuff to talk about, specifically with the Beijing Olympics coming up, but we have to get out right now because – we're switching the schedule around a little bit. Usually Wednesdays are Grizz Star of the Week, but since the Grizz play on Friday, media's all moved up. We're getting word now from the University of Montana that practice is just now wrapping. So, Corbin Walker, a sophomore cornerback for the Grizz, he'll join us here on Nuanas Now. Keep it right here at CSPN Radio. At Blackfoot Communications, our mission is to connect people, businesses, and communities to their networks in Montana and beyond. 
Through Blackfoot sponsorships, local ambassadors, and public programs, we support initiatives such as the Emergency Broadband Benefit, fiber deployments, and community events. For information on our commitment to improving our communities with fast, reliable, and secure internet access, go to blackfootcommunications.com slash news. What up, Montana? Welcome back. Nuana is now ESPN Radio, as well as all the way around the great state of Montana on SWX Montana Television. I'm Coulter Nuanez. We're coming to you from the Northwest Motorsports Studio. Northwest Motorsport, new to Missoula, new to Montana. You can go check them out in person at the corner of Stevenson Mount, or you can check out the largest inventory of trucks Anywhere in the Pacific Northwest by visiting nwmsrocks.com. Take back control of the road with a new rig from Northwest Motorsport. Almost always this football season, we have presented a weekly interview post-practice with a Grizz football player, our Grizz Star of the Week, on Wednesdays. But the Grizz play Friday night here in Missoula against Eastern Washington. So, moving it up a day. This last day of media access down there at Montana. So now we welcome in. First time on this show. We've talked to him a couple times when he was first getting recruited at Montana for Skyline Sports, but his debut on ESPN Missoula. Welcome in sophomore cornerback for the Grizzlies, Corbin Walker. Corbin, my man, thanks for being with us. How you doing? Pretty good. How about you? Good, man. How was practice today? You know, it was pretty good. We're just out here getting prepared, you know, just getting things dialed in for the game. Pretty good. Well, let, let's talk about these last uh, couple weeks for you guys because the Grizz have turned the corner in red hot coming into the playoffs. Five wins in a row, including a resounding statement win over Montana State, the rival. A couple weeks ago in Missoula, 29-10, to 10, the Grizzlies pounded the Bobcats. So before we talk about the actual rivalry game, what's the, been the turning point? What has helped you guys perform so dominantly this, this last month or so of the season? You know, we've just been we just been practicing hard. We know we need had to come over the hump. We had to get over the hump, you know. Taking an L is not always the best-case scenario, but, you know, we just had to get over that hump. We had to turn around. We know we're a good team. So we just had to change our mentality, and we just had to, you know, just practice hard, you know, get back into the way of things. We have that winning culture over here, so we had to turn it around, and we were good after that. It's just a mentality thing, I believe. No question about it. Well, the mentality was on full display, especially for the Grizz defense against Montana State a couple weeks ago. Uh, unbelievable intensity, unbelievable uh, passion that you guys played with. I- I've been covering Grizz-, Grizz football for 16 years now, and that was among the loudest I've ever heard that stadium. So what did you think of your guys' defensive performance, and what's it like performing in Missoula uh, when the fans are just at a fever pitch like they were during the, the rivalry game? Oh, you know, it's great. Uh, the fans are always into it. We always, we always know that we have them behind us, like supporting us. So it's always great. The stadium is always rocking. So that's always good. You know, it puts pressure on the opposing team that we're playing. So, you know, that it's always good to beat the neighbors. You know, it was a great win for us. You know, we played hard. They played hard. But, you know, we came out on top. You know, it's always good. Our stadium's just like no other. 
Chris Star of the Week, presented by Bob Ward Sports and Outdoors. It's a Tuesday day of giving across all over the place, and Bob Ward's big supporters of that. They also have a whole bunch of specials going on when it comes to outdoor gear for the winter. So go check out Bob Ward's Sports and Outdoors. Locally owned and operated here in Missoula for almost six decades. Corbin, let's talk about the uh, the beginning of this year because you're a guy that's from the Seattle area, and mm-hmm. you guys went into Husky Stadium and knocked off the Washington Huskies. I'm sure you were at least a follower or aware of Husky football growing up. So for you, what was that moment like for you when you guys went there and beat the Dogs? You know, it was great. You know, I had a lot of my family there. I grew up watching football in Washington, you know, they're a big part of that. So um, it was great coming in there and winning, winning that game. You know, it was great. That was one of the uh, first times that people saw sort of the remade Montana secondary. I know you got some playing time as a freshman there in 2019, but you've added a lot of pieces to that back in from Omar Hexanu, who we caught up with on Monday, to uh, Trajan Cotton. Uh, Gavin Robertson, he's been in the program for a couple of years now, but there's, there's been a lot of guys that have helped uh, come in and, and really make that a strength of your team. So what's been the key? How have you guys been able to mesh as a group, and what have you thought of the performance of the secondary so far this year? You know, it starts with our, our coaching. and Our coaching is great. You know, we have guys that really care about us and really, like, set us straight in practice. They get us right, get us prepared for the game, and we go out there and we perform like they know how to do, like Omar, Gavin, those guys are all – so they all have that dog in them. Like they, they're great athletes, and they do what they know. They do what they need to do. They they go out there and perform, and you know it's great. But it starts with the coaching. The coaching, coaching's great. Well, it was uh, fun for me because I grew up in Montana, big time Minnesota Vikings fan, and I remember when Coach Bradford played for the Vikings for a minute. I also remember when he was with the Atlanta Falcons as well. But Ronnie Bradford joining the staff, he's probably a little bit too old for most of you guys to remember him as a player, but. From, from a cornerback perspective, from a guy playing the secondary, when you are getting coached by a guy who played 10-plus years in the NFL, I mean, how much weight does that carry? Oh, it's, it's like the, credi- the amount of credibility he has because he did that. You know, he knows the stuff. He knows all, like, the little details that we need to get better. You know, it gets us – he tells us one get 1% better each day, you know. Like, he gives us he gives us that, like, push that we need to be great. You know, he's, he's a great coach. He knows his stuff, and it's just great having him. Corbin Walker joining us on Grizz Star of the Week, presented by Bob Ward Sports and Outdoors. Corbin is a sophomore cornerback from Renton, Washington, right outside the Seattle area. I actually lived in Renton for a little moment in time. I loved it out there. Uh, but let's talk about this week now. The task at hand is upon you. You got Eastern Washington coming to town. It's win and move on, lose or go home. So before we talk about the specifics of the matchup, I mean, how do you hope the mentality changes for you and your teammates uh, now that you are into the, the postseason? You know, we got – I mean, they our first, our first matchup, they're a good team, but, you know, we just got to keep doing what we're doing. We got to know that we that we're a great team and then that we need to just stick to our ways, our winning mentality, and we just got to practice hard. You know, we got to get locked in and go out there and play to do what we do. Lisa Washington, one of the top passing offenses in all of college football, and uh, they've done it against everybody, all levels, forever and ever. Uh, first of all, did you ever get? Were you recruited by Eastern Washington when you were coming out of high school? Yes, I was. So, I mean, the fact is, now you're going against a school that used to recruit you. So, does that extra add a little extra edge for you? Uh, you know, it's it's great. Uh, 
going against a team, like going against some coaches and players that I got to know. Um, I got some guys over there from back when I used to play in high school, and that's always fun to go against those guys. But it's always it's always good knowing that you know those guys. It's just it's just a good arrival. Like it's like the going into it. It's just like it's nice playing against guys that you know. It's fun, you know. It gives a more fun aspect to it, and you know, I just feel like it's more fun. No question. I mean, it's always more fun to compete against people you know, your brothers, all that sort of stuff. Uh, but let's talk about the actual matchup because uh, Eastern, they're going to throw it deep. They're going to throw it underneath. They're going to throw it all over the place. Eric Berry, one of the best quarterbacks in the country. You guys contained him pretty darn well in that first matchup. So, first of all, how much does the first matchup play into this one? I mean, how, how much do you guys take from that, and what do you want to emphasize from it, or what do you want to change from it? You know, film's a big part of that. We we know what they want to do to us. We know what worked for them last time, and we just got to go back, you know, fix what we what we had mistakes on, and we just got to play better. We just got to do what we need to do to come out on top this time. You know, they're a great passing offense, but, you know, we have a great defense too, and we just got to play our game, and we'll be straight. I want to ask you about uh, one of the other guys I forgot to even mention when you talk about the, the secondary. Of course, Justin Ford, the newcomer of the year in the Big Sky Conference, and uh, he's missed their interception this year. But I think that you maybe deserve a little credit because you've been so locked down on your side that are actually throwing to Justin's side a little bit more. So, uh, But all things considered, what have you thought of his year and how important has that been for you guys, the fact that he's been able to take the ball away so consistently? Yeah, he's a big part of our defense. You know, He's got great ball skills. He's a great athlete. Like He's He's always in the right spot. You know, the ball just doesn't just come to you. Luckily, he's got the skill set to put him in the right place every single time. He's a great player. Um, he does what he needs to do, and he's a big part of our defense. You know, we love to have him out here. He's a great guy in the locker room, and he's a big part on the field, too. Well, you mentioned just the fact that uh, you guys do have a great defense. It's been very fun watching you guys play all year long because you just play with so much heart and energy. Uh, but when you, when you know that the other team is going to attack the secondary specifically, is that something that – that gets you going. Is that something that you embrace, just the challenge of, of what it's going to come for a cornerback in this game? No, yeah, it puts that fire underneath you. Like, you need that. Knowing that they're going to attack you, like, it just makes you want to play even harder. It makes you want to, like, go in and show that you're, like, the that you can do it and you're the best out there. Like, we got a great defense. And I know we can do it. Um, it puts that fire underneath you. No question. Well, Corbin, thanks so much for making some time for us today. Fun having you on the show. Eastern Washington at Montana, 7 p.m. Friday night under the lights. Washington Grizzly Stadium. This has been our Grizz Star of the Week presented by Bob Ward Sports and Outdoors. Corbin Walker, a sophomore corner for the Grizz football team here on Nuanas Now. Corbin, best of luck on Friday, man. Thanks for swinging by. Yeah, thanks for having me. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, as well as SWX Montana Television. What is a position in football? Well, they're rapidly evolving, and there's a couple guys in the Big Sky Conference that don't really play a position. One of them won Big Sky Conference MVP. That's why he won it. We'll define that for you a little bit more. Keep it right here. Nuanas now. Sportsbet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for Sportsbet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams, both collegially and professionally. There are multiple ways to bet, including in-game, which gets you into the action live as the game unfolds, and parlay betting, where you could have a chance to win big. 
Sportsbet Montana is a secure and interactive way to win while watching your favorite sports. Bets can be placed securely on the mobile app while at an authorized Sportsbet Montana location or by using the Sportsbet Montana kiosk located at approved vendors. Montana bettors have wagered more than $28 million since Sportsbet Montana launched almost a year ago, and in that time, bettors have won more than $25 million. Sportsbet Montana's retail partners have more than $1.7 million in commission. Head on down to your authorized Sportsbet Montana locations and get in on the fun today. ESPN Radio Missoula. What's up, Montana? Welcome back. Nuan is now. ESPN Radio. Maybe you're watching in statewide television, SWX Montana TV. And Coulter Nuan is coming to you from the Northwest Motorsports Studio. We're actually ahead of the game for the first time ever today. <laughs> we'll have another business angle with Justin Angle. Um... Probably two more, actually, before the end of the year. Because a very interesting conversation about attendance overall when it comes to live sporting events and the things that go into garnering it, the things that go into um, why it's maybe declined a slight amount. Definitely fascinating. And... uh, Hated to end it so abruptly because, you know, the one thing we're sort of beholden to here at Nuanas now is these Grizz Star of the Week that we do, which are very fun and uh, cool. I'm actually very proud of uh, just the innovation that we've been able to pursue in getting some of these Grizz guys on the show right after practice. It's fun having guys on live always and uh, definitely a, a worthwhile pursuit. But we had to cut the conversation with Justin short because uh, we had to get to Corbin Walker. So, um, we will continue because Justin had some stuff to say both about the attendance, but also um, just about the upcoming Beijing Olympics. And there's a lot of different things going on, but uh, overall, the entire thing, <laughs> it's a mess, man. And we'll see what happens with the Beijing Olympics. But um, just want to get that out there. We're going to have a couple more continuations of what was and uh, is a, a good conversation. couple things to talk about because... The wide world of college athletics, it evolves so much, so often, and and there's so many different things going on at once. There's a whole bunch of moving parts, and uh, I don't really know what I think about just the, the good and the bad, because I do think there's validity, but also detriment to pretty much everything that's going on. Like on one hand, if you are an uh, athlete right now and you can sign with a school because you like the coach and you're going to go to a different part of the country to go play for this coach 
and then he can leave at any time because let's say USC comes in and offers him $110 million plus to buy both of his houses for half a million dollars over asking price each, plus gives him a $6 million house in L.A., plus gives him a free jet whenever he wants, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Well, how's the coach going to say no? But also, what's going on with the kids that wanted to go play for him? That's what's happening in Oklahoma right now. The world of college athletics is so motivated by money at the highest level now that it's become a facade that it even is amateur athletics. In fact, it's not at all. It's a complete factory, and it's a complete economic engine. That's okay if they just call it what it is. Nobody's complaining about the NFL being a massive business because that's what it is. So it's college sports, particularly at the Division I college football level, especially the FBS level. So then, you know, I think that there's uh, a, a huge detriment to kids walking away from a pursuit and walking away from a commitment and walking away from a team. But I also understand that there's a lot that goes into why, and I think the freedom for them to be able to do that is also a necessity. So it's a double-edged sword for sure across the board. But right now, with all the movement in college football, it's a new horizon. I never in my life thought that we would see Oklahoma and Notre Dame with head coach openings at the same time where neither of the coaches that will be replaced got fired (laughs) because who in their right mind will leave Oklahoma or Notre Dame? But then how can you not when, again, you're Lincoln Riley at Oklahoma and you get offered 110 mil and they buy two of your houses for $500,000 extra each? How can you not if you're Brian Kelly and you can go coach at LSU and the academic standards are significantly lower than they are at Notre Dame. You have all sorts of less hoops to jump through. Ironically, in some sort of fashion, even though you've won two national championships in the last 15 years at LSU, you still have less pressure than you do at Notre Dame because there's more pressure at Notre Dame than almost anywhere, maybe anywhere, period. And, oh, by the way, $15 million a year. Pretty hard to uh, pass up. So it's a it's a bizarre time for sure. But right now, with the uh, regular season coming to an end for a great many college football teams, uh, both at the FBS and FCS levels, and coaching movement coming, uh, so much of the coaching stuff is accelerating early here. It's going to happen before the bowl season almost always now because of the early signing day. That's a, a huge motivating factor as well. So the transfer portal is blowing up, and that's what led me into this tangent here. Because I just got an alert right here. I'm looking at my Twitter page. Kobe Singleton, an outstanding cornerback at Southern Utah. Uh, one of the bright spots on their uh, otherwise um, dismal season. Southern Utah, only one win this year. Demario Warren let go of his coaching duties. But Kobe Singleton was definitely one of the uh, the bright spots. And uh, an all-conference guy is a true freshman. Definitely one of the best corners in the league, one of the up-and-coming corners in the league. And uh, he just announced on his personal Twitter page that he is uh, entering the NCAA transfer portal. So um, there's been dozens of entries out of the Big Sky Conference already, but uh, only a few of of huge impact so far. Uh, But I believe that it's probably only at the beginning. Kobe Singleton, the fourth player from the Big Sky Conference with all-conference level um, decoration on his resume into the portal. The others include George Tarlis from Weber State, 
he enters as a, a grad transfer, which I actually think that's a little bit different than using the portal. The portal's the way to get your name out there for sure, but I think we needed to, to define, like, if you, and a lot of times these these guys are, you these athletes are using uh, per academic pursuits as a, as a quote-unquote excuse to make moves sports-wise, but also, though, if you earn your degree at a school, then I don't really have any problem with you transferring, particularly if you're doing it for academic reasons. But if it's just to, to advance your future, like Samari Torre, when he transferred to Nebraska from the University of Montana, I mean, he had, he had graduated from Montana. He had done what they wanted him to do. He had fulfilled that, and he uh, got robbed of what would have been his senior year that fall of 2020, and so then he decided to bet on himself and go play in the Big Ten, and, and Nebraska did not have a great year. But... You know, it's hard to slight a kid for doing what's best for him. But I, I just think that it's worth talking about because I do think that there's there's good parts and bad parts. I think there's that's pretty much the case with almost everything. That's why I try to make this show about nuance and discussion and hashing things out from a, a rational and intellectual and balanced standpoint rather than my way or the highway, dig my heels in, you know, hot takes here and... Uh, you know, culture wars and all this stuff. I, we're not into doing any of that stuff. So um, that's why I like to, to hash all this stuff out. But I do think that there's pluses and minuses, you know. Like, I can sit here and bemoan and complain about the level of money that's happening right now, for example, across college sports. I think that the misbranding of it as amateur athletics is nauseating. But I also think that the fact that there's revenue-generating entities that highlight some of the best young people in America – for their accomplishments, athletic or otherwise, is a good thing. I think the visibility of college sports, the communal nature, the pageantry, the way that it brings us together, uh, just the fun, the excitement, all of that, those are good things. And I think that, you know, the the inspiration that comes from athletes, those are good things as well. I was going to go into another little uh, monologue about the all-conference stuff from uh, the Big Sky Conference because I've heard a lot of people saying – uh, Troy Anderson, good for him, Big Sky Conference MVP, and other people saying how did Troy Anderson win Big Sky Conference MVP. We're going to get into that sometime this week because Troy Anderson was a inside linebacker by position and just in terms of what the conference coaches voted on. But Troy Anderson plays a, a very unique position. What they're doing with him schematically, what they're doing with him responsibility and assignment-wise, it's like nobody else in the league. So I'm going to explain to you a little bit more why Troy Anderson was chosen by the Big Sky Conference coaches. That's who votes in this. Not media, nobody else but coaches. I'll tell you a little bit more why. There's several guys in the league, including a couple on the Bobcats, a couple on the Grizz, that play positions that are very unique to their skill sets and not necessarily positions that other players play. Robbie Houck's another one in Montana. So I'll get into that a little later on this week. One last little tidbit for you. Billy Napier, who's just hired at Florida, he was the quarterback for Furman, Back in 2001, when Furman lost to Montana in the 2001 National Championship game. So, another guy is getting paid, getting a job with big expectations. He, once upon a time, was an FCS guy way back in the day. So, uh, fun for him. Missed anything of the show? You can find it all on the podcast presented by Blackfoot Communications, Sports Bet Montana, the Wingate by Wyndham Hotel. Jam packed lineup tomorrow. We'll see you 4 p.m. This has been Nuanas Now. Thanks for listening. 
After a long couple of months, it's finally feeling like we're getting back to business as usual. But it's not the usual at all. At Missoula's Wingate, we are, as always, committed to giving you a relaxing stay at a great value. But we're also balancing the new guidelines, like maximum pool occupancies and increased disinfecting, to protect your health with a never-ending pledge to make you feel at home when you're not. If you find yourself on the road in the Missoula area, please consider staying with us at Missoula's Wingate. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. 